the book of Jude. And let me open my notes here just a second. Once again, I'd like to read the first four verses of the book of Jude. It says, Jude the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And these, these uh, three verses by way of, of introduction um, or greeting to them are not just uh, so many words that, are, that flow together nicely, but these are to God's beloved, as he says here, and those things that we have in Christ Jesus, that we are sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ, and called by the Holy Spirit. And we looked last time at... Verse 2, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. And we, um, we looked at mercy and peace, uh, two very important and very uh, wonderful things that we can only have through our Savior, Jesus Christ. We can only have uh, mercy shown to us because of him. We can only have peace because of what he has done and what he is to his people. And... Um, I'm going to call today's lesson um, These We Have, Part 2. These we have, and these things that we have uh, in, in verse 2 speaking to us, mercy and peace and love be multiplied. And today we're going to look at the, the third of those where it says, and love be multiplied. And some things of what love is and who love is and what it means to God's people what it is to God's people the all the other things that we have as part of our redemption and salvation in Jesus Christ is uh, the love of God shown not only shown to us and a, a couple of things we need to see that what love is and God is it's not just a a, a verse that God is a loving God but we're going to see that God is love. That's the pure and simple. Those many attributes that God has, this is one of them. And it's not, it's not fleeting. It's not in passing. It's not, um, um, it's not brought about by any outside force or any outside uh, doing or influence. Um, some of the things that God's love is, we're going to, and we're not going to, cover point by point, but we're going to look at several scriptures that cover these points. Uh, God's love is un, uncaused or unmerited. It's not, it's not God loves because of something that the ones that are loved did or do. It's eternal. We're going to see that. It's sovereign. We know that as other things that God does, he is a sovereign God, and his love is given sovereignly as he will it's infinite it's without limit it's not a it's not a partial 
thing. If God's love is shown, it is shown with all his being. It's not changeable. It's immutable. It's not changeable in, in its character and what it is. It's not changeable from day to day. Uh, as we see in Malachi, that verse that we use, that we love, that says, um, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. And there's a lot in that verse, and, and God's love is immutable, and he changes not, and his love is, is not changeable. It's holy. There's, based on his holiness, that God is holy, and, and we'll see the verse that said, God is love. And it's not just he's, he's just a, a gushy, no, no problem, love with whatever comes along, but we'll see it's a holy love, and it's gracious. God is, God is a, a, a gracious God, and, and we, we understand in part, and we know in part some of these things, but uh, um, we'll look at a few verses that, that expound on all these different, all these different points. Uh, to start with, uh, turn to Psalm 146. 146. In Psalm 146, there's there's a number of of psalms that speak about um, the psalmist in in speaking for his people, God's people, the love that God's people. He causes them to have for him and the, the love that he has, um, uh, the psalmist and his people have for the Lord. But in Psalm 146, um, it's starting with verse 5, uh, uh, it says, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God which made heaven and earth, the sea and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseneth the prisoners. The Lord opened the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises them up that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. And uh, we, we know and understand that when he... Uh, and when the scriptures speak about the righteous, that it's not us. We know that in, our, in Christ we have that covering of his righteousness. The Lord loveth the righteous. If we are in him, we are objects of that love. If we are not covered by that righteousness, that love is not there. That, there can only be that in the, in the Savior. And um, he is true, truly the Savior in all aspects that we that we can understand that we can't understand but that here the Lord loveth the righteous and um, that always refers to not that we have done those things that make us that way but we stand in him who has made us that way and because of of his righteousness and when it speaks of those um, uh, of God that loves those that uh, uh, that uh, that are obedient or keep his commandments or different things, we know that that's not us. That's who we stand in, and we stand um, uh, firmly and uh, uh, solidly in him. Turn to Galatians chapter five, if you would please. 
and we're going to look at we're going to look at a few things. And as on the front of the bulletin says, the the best witness of the scriptures is the scriptures. Uh, I, I think we can we can safely say we can be on good ground there. In chapter five. Um, And we'll see how these verses fit together and how they how they comment and they say what on the love of God. It's it verse six says For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And then down go down to verse twenty two. It says here that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. In verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. But up here, the fruit of the, of the Spirit and this is not an outworking of what we have done, but the, the Spirit, these are things that are, that are shown and given to us and the, that we in Him have a reflection of some of these things. Because we know that if we go down through these, these are not, these are not attributes of us. These are, these are fruit of the Spirit. And um, it, it, those that are looking to fulfill these points are no more successful than those that are going to fill the and, and uh, obey the commandments uh, in in the Lord we can say we we do and have these things we 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 would desire and we pray that we have some bits of some of these and all of these things but it said it is the fruit of the spirit the spirit is what causes these things to come about to have these things and then, um, and bear with me, turn to Jeremiah, if you would. Jeremiah. And um, the old prophets, and they, they, uh, as we've said many times, it's the gospel according to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, <laughs> Malachi—any of the books that we can name—we've—we've—we've—we've we've, we've seen the gospel in Esther. Um, so, in the gospel according to Jeremiah, it says here in verse three and not to leave out the 30 ver chapters of context, but it says here, the Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And we can say as, as God's people, if we are in that righteousness of of Christ, if we stand in Him, and because Him we have a standing, because He is our Redeemer, we can we can claim this and say this as a fact. He, 
we are, if he has loved us, he has loved us with an everlasting love. And we, each of us can attest that he has drawn us with loving kindness and not, uh, and not harsh things. Harsh things don't um, lead to the salvation of his people. Remember that one of the messages we had recently that spoke about the gentleness of God leads us to repentance and to salvation. And, and that is indeed the case. Um, we're going to look at several places now that are, are, are well known for speaking on this topic but we're going to look at in 1 John turn with me to the book of 1 John we're going to look at several several places in 1 John uh, starting with chapter 3 and not to um, leave out this because it speaks to it speaks to um, who John is writing about to his people and about the Lord Himself and and uh, in the what he says in the first number of verses are, are very important to God's people. But uh, for this thought in chapter three. It says, first verse of chapter 3, first John, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for she w we will see him as he is. And a, a couple thoughts of, of, of here, and it says, What manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. And uh, just an inkling to the, the magnitude of the, of the love he has shown upon his people. And uh, it's, as we saw in the, there was some of those points we mentioned, it's, it's without limit, it's, with, it's without exception, to his people, those whom he loved. There's no, all of God's being is in that love to his people. Uh, uh, and we can't, we, we cannot um, describe it and we can't, we can't uh, fully fathom that, um, what, what we have gained and what love he has shown to his people. And the second thought in, in the scriptures when, uh, when he's, uh, the word in like verse two, the first word of chat, uh, verse two here, it says, beloved, those that speaking about beloved, those are those that are, that are beloved of God, that are redeemed of, of God by our savior, that stand in him alone. That's the only way we can claim to be beloved. And uh, we're beloved of each other in that way, but beloved of God implies all those things that we've, mentioned so far and all the the different things the scripture uh reveals to us um and it's uh, uh it, it's not based on love as we see it as we as we can describe it as we can feel it we we can't we cannot imagine the 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 love that god has really we've seen the outwork and we know what he has done and does for us and 
in uh, providing, as we, as we see, providing the salvation at all in eternity past, the eternal covenant that was given. Um, when he, not only his mercy, but his love, when uh, after the fall in the garden, God spoke to them again, uh, showing that uh, uh, the only way he could do that was because of who they, he saw them through. It wasn't their own standing. He couldn't, God could, couldn't look on sin, couldn't stand being the presence of sin, but only because of that, of that covering that he provided the picture of and the literal covering of the Lord himself in his righteousness can anyone uh, uh, be called or, or claim or say that they are beloved of God uh, only in that, in that way. And there's only one truly beloved of God and we stand in that love as we stand in that righteousness of his also. Um, in chapter 4, this is not the only scriptures, obviously, that speak of love or um, uh, of those, those attributes of God but that, we, that we enjoy, but these are just some of them. Uh, in chapter 4 of 1 John, starting with verse 7, And we're going to read down a ways here. Verse 7 of uh, John chapter 4, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be propitiation for our sins. We're not going to stop here, but just to say that it, it says here, in this was the love of God manifest to us. In this it was shown to us. In this is one, in a way we can understand somewhat and know somewhat because it was made, it said manifest unto us the love of God. And it wasn't manifest to us in riches, wealth, health, or these things. We may have those or may not, but would manifest it in us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Um, and that's God's love manifested to us. And, and picking up with verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Hereby is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, 
How can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment that we uh, commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Quite a bit in this passage through here, but as it says, by God's love is manifest or shown to us by what he did, by providing a redeemer for those that needed redeemed for his own that he had set aside that he had sanctified and uh, and uh, that that's how we know and can understand some of God's love and it says in here too there verse 18 it says there is no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love and the, the I think part of what it's speaking about here, at least, is God's people don't have a fear of God in Christ. We have a fear of God if it's in ourselves, but in that standing that we have in our Savior, we, it casts out fear. That casts it out there because we know that we are standing in Him and He sees us. He sees us in the Savior. And that's, uh, that's the only way that fear can be uh, can be cast out and to be done away with and that we have no fear in that in that way that we would have if we did not have that standing and uh, there's no terror of God in his people anymore we don't have the terror that natural man has and may or may not admit to but um As it says, it casteth out fear. His love casteth out fear. And then in chapter 5, the first few verses of chapter 5 of 1 John, it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? And up here to the thought we're having, particularly here, that, that it says, Every uh, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. And there are those that I think claim or think of that they're in the love of the Father, but if they do not recognize and know who the Son is, they can't claim that. All things that we have all spiritual blessings and that we have are in Christ. All spiritual blessings are in Christ. None of them stand without him or outside of him. We're completely surrounded. That robe of righteousness picture of being surrounded by a robe like that is, is a good picture, and it's called that because it encloses all. It, there's, nothing, there's nothing left out. There's not, there's not uh, righteousness covers most of what we need and and we have other blessings, but all things are because of that. And those that either deny the, deny the Lord in, or in any fashion, whether 
as, as some have said, that indeed, was he sinless or was there an issue there? Any doubt or anything that, that places Christ at lower than who he is does not have a love of him. They cannot claim the love of the Father. Uh, it just, it, they go to get hand in hand together. And as it says here, um, that's where we stand. Um, turn to the book of Romans, if you would, please. Uh, uh, and the book of Romans all the way through, as do many of the scriptures. Uh, if men have questions or wonder how they stand, where they come from, how they stand, the book of Romans is very clear on a, on a lot of issues. It, it, it's pretty plain. Paul, uh, he, he, covers it, he covers a lot of ground in uh, blessed passages for his people to be in indeed. And in chapter 8, um, It, it speaks a lot of being in Christ, God's people being in Christ in the book of Romans. And keep the earlier parts of that in mind. And, and in chapter 8, I'd like to look at starting with verse 35. Verse 35 of Romans chapter 8, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things uh, things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord oh, and we're going to we're going to um, look at a little bit more uh, in a bit but here that uh, very key part of the verse and the thought through here nothing can separate us from that love and we have to keep the last phrase of that in mind, that this is because of this, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Anything that we claim of our redemption and salvation, it better start and end with that thought, because that you're, if, you, if we don't, if we start from anywhere else or end up anywhere else, we're going to have a, a, a wrong idea of what these things have to do with us and how we stand in in those things. Um, it, it speaks up above uh, uh, many verses in this chapter about how we are justified uh, and how we are redeemed. Uh, the, the many different things that we have in our Redeemer. And, uh, and they're all in our Redeemer. They're not, they're not uh, based on anything else. They're, not, um, they're just not based on any other uh, any other uh, thoughts 
Um, turn to the book of John, if you would, please. And these are not the places we're looking here. Uh, are not the only passages, but but they're 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 ones that um, are not only familiar, but they they're key passages to what the scriptures say about God's love. Um, in chapter three of John, and I'd like to. Uh, Start with verse 14, John chapter 3, 14. It says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting uh, or have eternal life. For God so loved the world, verse 16, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And uh, we know that this passage has been, has been misapplied and misused and, and made to stand a couple of verses just by what the language of it says, the words of it say. But we have to keep in mind what we saw before in Jude those those whom were called, those whom were sanctified, those those whom uh, have peace with him and uh, God's mercy has been on. Those things have, we have to keep those in mind and in thought. There's some prerequisites for what it says here. It's not, and, and those who uh, will believe in him and not perish but have everlasting life are those that were appointed to this, those that were that were predestined. I know that word is, is been kicked around pretty hard a lot, but God has known a people from before the foundation of the world. And that's, those are the ones that he, as it said, will draw with cords of love. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Those people he has. Who those people are, it's, it's pretty tough to say. We, we don't know them. Um, uh, we know evidence of after the fact, as as it says in in uh, Ezekiel and other places, the effects of God putting life in in men beforehand we can't tell uh, if they are going to be or not. But we know that those that whosoever believeth in Him have everlasting life and not perish are only those that He has appointed to that, um, and that takes it and puts it back where it belongs and not in what we decide to do, but what God decides to do. And um, in chapter 15 of John, chapter 15 of John, and like I said, this is not to to, to uh, ignore or, or not uh, take into account other scriptures, but um, in chapter 15, Starting with verse 9. Uh, up above here he speaks that he is the true vine. This is the Lord's speaking. He's the true vine. And uh, we have to be in the 
in that true vine. Um, and it tells what happens above there. But in verse, in verse 9 it says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue me, you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Um, and he, speaking here, that uh, as the Father has loved him, it says, so have I loved you. And those are amounts and degrees and capacities that we, we can't comprehend what that, how much the Father loved the Son. And, um, uh, and uh, in Him we know that we have that same, that same love to, toward us. And as it says here, These things have I spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Uh, and that obviously we cannot love one another as he has loved us. But only in him can we, can we, can we love each other uh, in any degree. And we love each other as, as the brethren in him having that common salvation. But this is a pretty tough, pretty tough commandment to meet on our own. And we cannot do that. And verse 13 especially where it says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And I'm not, I don't believe it just means not just the love that somebody would try to save somebody or something like that, but the, the love that he had that laid down his life for the sheep and for those not just indiscriminately or for strangers, but for those that were his and that are his, that he did that. And uh, again, we can't... Um, we can't measure or appreciate that amount because it is eternal, sovereign, infinite, immutable, holy, gracious, and uncaused. Those are things that we, if we have love, it's going to be caused by something probably. It's not going to be eternal. It's not going to be sovereign. I mean, there's a lot of love from us is not love as God loves. And we can only love him as he as he loves us and as that uh, as that is given to us but greater love hath no man of course referring to himself that what he did lay down his life for the sheep as he said in uh, in in many places he speaks to that and then in chapter 16 turn the, we're going to look at a couple of different spots here chapter 16 of John uh, verses Let's see. Okay. Um, in verse 27. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world. Again, I leave the Father, and leave the world and go to the Father. And up here it says, For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, 
and have believed that I came out from God. And those are, those are spiritual eyes that, <laughs> that were given to his, and are given to his people. There were those among him that saw him physically. The two on the road to Emmaus, they, they physically knew who he was when he was amongst them, but they, they didn't understand. They didn't, they didn't have eyes to see what he was and who he was to his people. And then in chapter 17, chapter 17, uh, starting with verse 13, this we, the Lord's prayer for his people. Um, let's start with verse Let's start with verse uh, 14. Speaking of his if sheep, uh, those that the Father has given to him. I have given them, verse 14, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Uh, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. In them, and thou in me, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. I, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. And in here, uh, in here, in the, the, the one phrase speaking here, he's, he's praying, and we know this prayer is to the Father for, his, for the sheep and for them. It says that we'll believe, that, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. And the, the, again, that the speaks to the limitless, unbounding love that God had to a people. And as, as, as Mike has, has said many times, Mike Baker said many times before, if it was not for God's love and mercy that he had a people, as Jeremiah said, from everlasting, we'd all be cinders. It would just... Adam, at, when the lights came on, they would have been turned to cinder as soon as sin entered in the world if God had not a people and uh, had a people that he had placed his love on because of the, of the Savior. And we have to keep this in mind and, and uh, next time we'll move, move on um, to verse, th verse 3 before we get into the rest of the book. But uh, as we've said in the first two verses, all that those cover 
are blessings to God's people, the beloved, that those are things that we stand in and we stand because of and only in the Savior, as, as it says, and we only love him because he first loved us. And, and I think God's people know that and they know that we didn't love him first. And with that, we will um, look forward to next time. Thank you for your attention and be free. And you know what? I may have to... Oh, I did start it.